Hi guys, welcome to the Last Set Podcast, episode 145, back from a two-week hiatus, and um, today I'm joined by my brother Mark, waiting on Johnny. What's happening, brother? Not much, man. How are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, it, feel, it feels strange because I'm so used to doing this once a week now, twice a week, and then when I haven't done it for like a couple of weeks, I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? It feels, <laughs> feels strange. It feels strange. Yeah. It feels seasoned now because um, you know, what is it? Just turned twenty four last yesterday. Yeah, and happy birthday, man! Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and I've done this for more than two years, and I'm just like, oh, okay. So this is this is what it feels like, you know. Is it kind of like missing like a training session? It's like mm. it's so in your routine now. It is. It is. It's like you know when you um, you know when you take a deload week. And then you yeah. touch the bar for the first time. You're like, oh, this is this is different. Yeah, That's kind of what it feels like right now. Mm. I mean, uh, I'm so used to doing this for a while. But I got I to gotta tell you, it's, there's a lot of satisfaction and, pl- and uh, gratitude you get when you stick to something for so long. Yeah. It's like, uh, for me, it's like when I hit that 150, it's going to be like, well, you remember when you would try to deadlift four plates for the first time? <laughs> that feeling? Yeah. That's that's what it's going to feel like, you know? I do remember that, yeah. yeah. So what's been happening, man? Man, it's off-season now. Um, just trying to put some size on for the next comp next year. Enjoying all the food. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. What's, um, what's r- since the last time we spoke... What's changed for you, like, physically-wise and training-wise since the last competition? Man, so I guess coming out of comp, it was slowly increasing the calories weekly, fortnightly, and then monthly kind of thing. So the baseline diet was, like, about 1,800, 1,900 calories, just fuck all, Um, which is, to be fair, it's, it's fuck all, I guess, to us, but like for some people, that's a lot of calories on prep. <laughs> yeah. Some people it gets down real low. Um, but yeah, so training sort of ramped up in accordance to the calorie increase. So as we started consuming more calories, training could sort of increase in intensity, kind of thing. Um, dialed it back to five days a week, um, just because the six days a week was kind of to just keep our energy expenditure up, burn those calories. And having those six days meant you could push the volume uh, metric a bit higher, but keep we like you can't really push the intensity on prep. Like no. you've just got nothing in the tank. No. Like you go in and every session's kind of just like a six out of ten. Just like go through the motions, like try and get a pump, but like you just sort of gas out and there's nothing there and you don't really feel anything. Yeah. Now it's like. F- phenomenal though yeah i mean <laughs> you know it's well the best thing i always hear is like oh because you go from a period of being so depleted and then you chuck on all that all that extra weight and all that but like you told me just like yesterday how much did you gain back since how much how heavy uh, were you when you stepped on stage did they did they weigh you yeah so while well, i was weighing myself every day and show day both show days was around like 65 65 and a half kilos um, which at just shy of six feet tall is pretty, pretty lightweight, <laughs> baby. <laughs> yeah, um, hashtag short kings. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
yeah, since then it's but what been like five months now, and I've put on, I want to say, eight and a half kilos, almost nine since comp. Um, granted, some of that is going to just be water weight, um, just food weight, and just general fluid retention from just eating more calories. But looking at sort of my progress pictures now from I'm currently averaging about 74, 74 and a half kilos. Um, my current 74 kilos compared to sort of the last time I was 74 kilos during prep, it's a lot leaner with a lot more muscle, which is great to see, which means like coming out of comp, like we've, I've actually put on some lean tissue in these past five months and sort of that reverse diet process was successful. Like coming out of comp, it's really easy just to like eat everything in sight and then gain all the weight back and then it's just all fat. But I was able to sort of um, gain it all back in a controlled manner and it all the weight go to the right places kind of thing. Yeah. You seem generally a lot more happier now. That's one thing I've <laughs> noticed about you. I remember when it was like four weeks leading up to the competition, I'd walk in just standing there, standing there with your arms crossed, just like half asleep. Oh. And I'm just like, man, it – one thing I'm actually talking to a couple of guys, like we know Ollie next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Ollie. He's getting ready for his competition. He's looking absolutely saucy right now. Dude, he's like he's saying when you're on prep, time goes by so slowly. <laughs> do you believe that's the correct? The, the, do you believe that's true? Yeah, it's kind of. Be, it's like because every day is just like Groundhog Day kind of vibes. It's the same shit over and over again, and as your calories get lower, sort of that food focus gets higher and that sort of lingering hunger in the back of your mind is just there is constantly there as you decrease the calories and as you get deeper into prep and so that sort of gives you that kind of time dilation thing because you eat a meal and it's like oh where'd the food go and now you're waiting three four hours for the next one and it's just like you're sitting there like fuck <laughs> Where's my next meal? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's just the hardest. That's just the hardest thing for me because I was saying to me like, who Ollie was saying to me as well. It's one of those things you have to do, and you can't really be focusing on anything else. Like you have to shut down all these other things, and for me, that's one of the biggest reasons why I don't want to do it because mm. I I, li- I like the idea of just doing a lot of uh, a fair few things. Like, uh, do a fair amount, but having to shut everything down and focus on one thing, it's a, it's definitely a skill on its own. It's just something I don't really want to gravitate towards. However, I mean, after doing this podcast now for a good couple of years and speaking to a whole bunch of bodybuilders, I, I do start to feel a lot more respect for the sport. Um, do I feel like there could be some definitely some changes in it? Why in the hell not? I think mm. it's, but also the, one of the biggest things I learned is like everyone could do it, but the ones who get past doing it once are pretty much in it for the long term. That's, yeah, that's it. Because once you do it once and you get the test and people say, oh, they do it once and don't want to fucking do it again. Mm. And so it happens because it's the first time I've ever been to that state. So once well, when I got all these people, I know are doing their first show. I'm just like, I'm quite eager to see where they go after the first show. Yeah. 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 So what's the situation now for you? Are you planning on stepping on, uh, holding off for the rest of the year or do you want to start beginning of next year? Where do we aim to go? Yeah. So the current plan is to put on size until sort of, I want to say June or July next year and sort of see 
how much size we've put on, what sort of position I'm at before like I decide to prep again. Because the aim is for the season B show next year, so like October-ish. Wait, so you're going to wait a whole year? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. it's That's crazy, man. Because like for natural athletes, it's like, especially at the beginning of sort of your quote-unquote career in bodybuilding, it you need to take long sort of off-seasons to put on the size and make the improvement show to show. Um, unless you're sort of like your sort of starting point before competing is just like so high, like you can afford to take those shorter off seasons and compete sort of more periodically. Um, For me, like the main issue was just, I didn't have the muscle yet. And that's a time thing. Like I had the conditioning, I had the shape, I had everything else and the posing, whatever, but it's just the muscle wasn't there. And as we know, putting on muscle takes a very long time. Oh, fuck, yeah. And you can't rush that process, especially as a natural athlete. And sort of that <clears throat> that time between shows, at least a quarter or a third of it is just recovering from the first show. And that period of time, you don't have – it's not productive training. You're not putting any – you might put on a tiny bit of muscle that you might have lost, but the gains you would make otherwise are minimal to none. It's not until you hit that calorie – like get to maintenance calories and then you start – upping the calories where you're in a caloric surplus, your training is productive, you're pushing the intensity. That's where sort of the muscle growth happens. But until you get to that point, there's not much happening coming out of the comp and that can take, for some people, a couple months, like three, four, five months. Yeah. Depending on how you do it. Like there's a couple ways of doing it. Like I, Vince, Keisha and I, myself, we sort of took the – Slow approach, reverse diet, sort of play it safe. Other people like to do what's called a recovery diet. So they'll instantly shoot up the calories to close to, if not met their maintenance calories, um, <clears throat> and try and shorten that window of window of time where you're just recovering from that competition. Yeah, I remember you were telling me you were incredibly happy when the fact that you got to eat, what was it, a whole pizza one night? What was the, what was the crazy oh, yeah, food eating you did? That was... Um, Whole fucking no, it was more, it was like one and a half pizzas and one and a half get chunky cookies. Fuck, how <laughs> many calories is in one of those cookies though? So it's a anywhere from I want to say 750 to a thousand calories, depending on what cookie you get. Oh. I don't know the official numbers, and even if I did, legally, I'm not actually allowed to say it. Oh, okay, <laughs> so okay. I can only guesstimate. Oh, okay, all right. So that's actually a good point that you wanted to bring up as well. That's one of the things I wanted, uh, wanted to ask you and Johnny about when he gets his ass in here. Uh, Johnny, if you're listening, man, hurry the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> also, Cal, if you're listening, man, hope you're doing well. Um, oh, by the way, just to go off topic as well, guys, we are five episodes away from 150. Let's go. And it's going to be, it's fucking go. And that 150 episode is going to be a Saturday session. I will not take no for an answer. Because there are guests who will be coming on between now and then. But sat- did you know that Saturday sessions have been some of the most downloaded episodes of the year? Damn. Yeah. So, boys, I mean, if you're listening, it, it's that 150 episode you're going to be on, Cal, I'm going to get you in here. If you if you uh, think about going south, I'll go get you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leg lock your ass and get your ass back here. So, uh, anyway, back to the uh, back to the conversation. So. 
One thing I've been seeing a lot of lately, I don't know where our culture is going, but do you know what a mukbang is? I do know what a mukbang is. Yes. You know, I keep seeing all these fucking like videos for it and articles for it, like mukbangs and like, I'm like, people are literally starving in Africa and people are paying money to watch someone just eat a shitload of food. It's awful, yeah. But, but here's one of the weirdest things I've always, always thought. In the fitness industry, you want to be a promotion of health. You want to be a promotion of like ideal physique or, you know, something for people can aspire to. How the fuck do you do that when you can when you're doing like ten thousand, twenty thousand calorie challenges, like stuff in your face full of McDonald's? Like that can't be. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. Um, what do you call it? Um, what's the word? Uh, eating disorder. So, mm. a lot of like. A lot of the glamour um, of bodybuilding and fitness itself is is like a veil. It's hiding away all the shit that goes behind the scenes and all the toxic relationships with food, your body, like body image disorders, that kind of thing. It all comes hand in hand, but none of it's really shown on like social media and stuff. No. Um, and like it, like that sort of idea of the mukbang or like that, Big day of eating, 10K calorie challenge, cheat day, cheat meal. Um, a lot of it comes from like that sort of old school mentality of like bodybuilders trying to like refuel on their like diet to like stoke the metabolism when they're cutting and that kind of thing. And it's just promoting like this binge um, starvation, binge starvation cycle kind of thing. And it's not healthy at all. No, no. I'm what and it also goes into changes up their mentality. They they go into you know the realm of dirty bulking. I've been very critical about this on the past. I've had um other bodybuilders and telling me that dirty bulking is like it's a fucking no, dangerous no. dangerous road to go down on. Like um even what's his name Jeff Side. Yeah, he he, just, fuck, he went on it recently. Recently, yeah. And then he put up a photo. So I was like, bruh, that was. That was really hard to watch as well. Yeah, it, it's funny because like his like his quote unquote fat is like everyone's like dream shredded physique still. Yeah, <laughs> even though he's like bloated as fuck, but like you can still see the shreds there. Yeah, he was one of the OG fitness models though. Like old you, school man. Was, I mean, did, he was one of those people that everyone used to just like look up to, and then he just kind of went silent for quite some time, and now he's just popped up again and all. I think it's either to do with. Like he didn't adapt to the times or he just didn't want a part of where everything's going. Yeah. I reckon it's one of those two things, like especially with all the like the TikTok trends and that kind of thing and how yeah. fitness is sort of evolving over the years. He either didn't keep up with it or he wanted to do something completely different and stay away from it. Yeah, n no, you're right about that because he was one of the original YouTubers mm. and then back in like, let's say before, Let's say rewind the clocks like 10 years ago. If you wanted to be a fitness influencer, kind of the only way to do that was for YouTube. YouTube because yeah. didn't YouTube come first before Instagram? Yeah, YouTube. Instagram, And then Instagram came along and then it was just one or two avenues. We didn't have reels. Facebook was, I don't know, Facebook was different. Facebook was more on the business side of things. Yeah. But people were either influenced through YouTube or Instagram. And he was one of those originals along with, um, you know, like Steve Cook and there was a couple of other guys out there, but can't to name a few, but Rich Piano being my favourite. Um, <laughs> I love that fucking dude when he was, yeah. Um, it's a shame what happened to him. But where I'm going with this is like, 
ever since reels and TikTok came along, the fitness inf- uh, it became anyone could have been a fitness influencer now. Rob, and the reason why is sometimes here's where I feel like we're going with it is you could have you if you apply yourself, it still takes a lot of work. I'll give you that. But if you want to be a fitness influencer on TikTok, it doesn't take that long compared to what it would take on YouTube. Mm. Because YouTube itself was a skill where you have to learn to edit videos, you have to film your content, you have to go out there into the world and face, you know, being judged for filming yourself in gyms. But nowadays it's like camera, 10 second clips, boom, 10,000 views. So where do you, uh, so that brings me to my next point. I just wanted to ask you, Mark, where do you think it's going now in terms of like that? Do you think we've peaked? What do you think it's going to go even further? Man, that's hard. It's, man, I think obviously YouTube is that sort of long form kind of content where you have to sit down and actually pay attention for a long time and not a long time, but like 10, 15 minutes kind of thing. Yeah. And obviously everyone's attention pa- attention spans get shorter and shorter, but it's also as we grow older, we have less and less time and so we have less time to consume these long form uh, forms of media and so we have to resort to those short forms such as TikTok and Reels Mm -hmm. but it's also I think a result of like fitness at its core or trying to get fit or improving your body is just consistent repetition of the basics no one but no one wants to fucking hear that yeah and you can only say that so many times as well and so now it's kind of like we're we're past that sort of that age of fitness or that age of fitness social media where it's like we can rely on these <clears throat> core fundamentals that core fundamentals of fitness that are useful and will actually get you somewhere and now it's now that we're in the age of TikTok and Reels. Now it's we need that, we need that catch. We need that grab, like the quick attention grabbing video or something crazy happening in the video, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I, I'm not sure where it's going to go from here, though. Yeah. I just feel like now people, because of TikTok and and Reels, their not even their attention span is becoming shorter, but their Ability to be more their gullibility, that's a fucking word, <laughs> is becoming so much, so much more shorter. Yeah, do you remember when let's rewind the clocks back 15 years? If you wanted to know information, you'd have to go onto the internet, read about it, or go find a book and read about it. Now it's a TikTok on every six, six video you watch, mm. but there's never been now more. I've said it so many times, there's never been now more. Access to bad information. Have you ever been on TikTok? Um, I've been off TikTok lately ever since the whole Andrew Tate situation, which is something <laughs> I wanted to talk about later on down the line. But uh, what is it? Do you ever see that TikTok where it's a doctor and it's a stitch and next to it is them just saying, oh, I'll take this every day to lose body fat and it's just literally coffee and a lemon. And people actually believe that shit. If I just squeeze a few drops of lemon juice into a fucking coffee, drink it black, and then don't eat for six hours or whatever, oh, and then they man. think that's going to help you burn fat twice faster, right? I'm um, like, if you are doing that and you think it's working, you are fucking dreaming. And But I keep seeing it all the time. And, you know, it's a tr- and then there was an article about it, and I'm like, oh, my God. And that's what I mean. If I look back at all the previous trends that people have fucking done that have just been stupid and all that, like, do you remember Tide Pods? 
Mm. Everyone was fucking eating Tide Pods. <laughs> All that bullshit. Um, nah, man. I'm actually, truth be told, I'm actually trying to stay off social media these days. I'm actually mm. on it a lot less, uh, uh, mainly because there's a bunch of things I'm doing right now that I'm trying to get done. And then I realized how much time I'm actually wasting on yeah. on social media. And TikTok is fucking... TikTok, so the, the the algorithm purposely, I think it's going to it's gonna make you see stuff you like, but then it's also going to chuck in stuff you hate just to make you purposely unhappy and all that, you know? Yeah, like sometimes I'll um look like as I like look back through the day of what I've done and I count or like, yeah, count how long, like how many minutes or how many hours I've spent on social media. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I've wasted one or two hours. I could have been doing something productive. There we go. Yeah. It's like, shit. <laughs> yeah. I realized I had a bit of a problem when I was working out and then I realized how much time I actually spend Working out and all that, yeah. Awesome, lovely. So, uh, so as I was saying, uh, spend a, like how much time I actually spend working out? Like, why my workouts are taking like more than an hour and a half, mm. which I realized was so bad. Now my workouts take up to forty-five minutes first thing in the morning, and it's just because I don't watch TikTok the reels during in between sets. In between sets, yeah, because that's what most people do. Yeah, I've seen that so much. You know, yeah. Work. I don't think workouts are supposed to take any more long. It really, it depends. It does depend. Depends. If you're in the gym, try and do hypertrophy. I don't feel like you should be working out for any more than an hour. Yeah. I think any, like, as as time increases spent in the gym, like, doing hypertrophy work, the quality of work just drops so much mm -hmm. because <clears throat> it's not like where it's, like, for example, powerlifting where you might end up spending, like, an hour and a half, two hours in the gym because you got to do 10 sets of bloody three on squats at, like, 85 90% of your one rep max. But the, to do that, you need to rest longer. But for hypertrophy, that's not necessarily the case. And so, <clears throat> yeah, I don't think you need to be spending that much time if you're just doing hypertrophy work. Good, good. It, good. Might, it might maybe for a leg day or some sort of high-volume day which you might need to dedicate a little bit more time. But for something like arms, <laughs> you don't need spend be spending more than an hour in the uh, gym, nah, let alone 30 how, minutes. Yeah, considering how much of a small uh, muscle group it is, and yeah. something like forearms or calves, you know, it doesn't really need to have it. But if there's certain things you've got to break down into it, you know. Like, for example... Um, if you're doing a couple of body groups, okay, I can understand. Mm. The volume would be a lot higher, obviously. Uh, but one thing I've actually found out as well, like uh, 45 minutes, I feel like I can get more done if I just eliminate the junk volume, keep the RPE high, and then I don't have to um, do any these like, long, stretched-out workouts. Yeah, well, I think it's, <clears throat> it's kind of like people just tend to do too much volume anyway, as you said, junk volume. And it's because people haven't learned to push their intensity. Like yeah. people don't know what a true, even myself, like I still struggle to gauge what my RPE or RAR is set to set. And especially for beginners and intermediates, it's like <clears throat> they are really undershooting how hard they're actually training. Yeah. Um, a good, a good uh, sort of fail safe way of um, not doing that is just try and take a set to complete failure and then each session and try and like gauge from that one set but the issue here is that um there's i can't remember 
who did the study, but there was a study where they um, told the participants to um, like go to failure on the bench press, like for a 10 rep max or something. And then <clears throat> I can't remember what the structure was, but when they, when they got the results, the particip participants were undershooting their sort of like what they thought was a 10 rep max was actually like a 20 rep max. So they're like undershooting it by like, Hundred percent, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, here's the other thing I've noticed as well. Just since we're on our topic of jump volume, when did jump volumes? I think it's a very new principle that came around. Well, it's. I don't think it's been around for a while. It's a new principle, but I think a lot of just like the fitness sort of that literature is new in general. Yeah. Like it has not been like the quote unquote sort of fitness sphere has hasn't really been around for more than. I want to say like a hundred years, like you're looking at maybe the early 1900s with like Eugene Sandow and sort of those showmen and a strongman doing all the circus events. That's where it sort of all originated from. And that like, that's only like a hundred years now, basically. Yeah. And then the research itself was only really started, you know, maybe less than half of that. Yeah. Cause looking back, I feel like the philosophy to training has changed greatly. Like, let's say, for example, back in Arnold's days. Have you ever read his autobiography? I have not read his autobiography. I have read the uh, the Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, though. <laughs> that really thick, thick book. Yeah, sorry, Johnny's here. Door, door is unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> He's Yeah, he knows where we are. Uh, oh, as I was saying, um, because... Back in Arnold's days, he was like twice a day, two hours minimum a day, obviously because he was on the source. But even if I don't think the professionals would even recommend that to, to by today's standards, I don't because I've ne right now I've always preached you should ne never not really train to failure if it's solely for hypertrophy reasons. You should always be two or three reps in reserve. Yeah, that's sort of what the, the, the direction the literature is pointing at is you don't need to go to absolute failure to elicit um, hypertrophy because <clears throat> you essentially make sort of the same amount of gains just from just hitting shy of sort of um, failure at two to three reps in reserve. Hey, Johnny. Um, but on the topic of that sort of super high volume back in Arnold's day... Um, that was sort of one end of the spectrum, but on the on the other end of the spectrum, you had um, like Mike Menser and um, his jeez, Mike Menser and his um, brother. They were sort of promoting that that heavy duty training sort of system where it's super low volume and super high intensity, and it was sort of a flip the flip side of sort of Arnold's. Um, philosophy on training and that sort of evolved into sort of um going into the 80s and 90s with dorian yates and that kind of thing and so you had these two kind of camps where you have the super high volume guys and the low volume guys but like super high intensity so we interrupt this broadcast to see oh, we have a new guest <laughs> i mean hey guys hey guys good me again he's missing part johnny welcome man what's happening dude Bro, it's been so busy, man, especially at the gym and at the moment with uh, nationals coming up. Yeah. So I'm back and forth at the gym today, so I have to get back and do a few things after this as well. Oh, really? Is yeah. it that, are they that busy today? It's very busy, man, because we're two weeks out. 
Wow. So we're preparing everything right now. So from yeah. the lifters to the venue to the function as well. So Oh, is it going to be here? Yep, it's in I, WA. I thought Australia. Nationals was going to be over east. What was something I saw just recently? Um, I think you are talking about breakthrough powerlifting. Oh, okay. That could be, that's happening today right now in Sydney. Yep. Ooh. Okay, yeah. so where's this Nationals going to be? How is it going to be? At Rucci's gym at the um, local, um, Malaga. So guys, come down in two weeks' time. If you're not sure, head down to Instagram, search up Rucci's gym, and you'll see uh, the GBC Nationals all over there. Mm. Nice, nice. Good, man. W tell, tell us about you. You're going to be competing? No, 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 I will not be competing. I'll be an official. So I'll be there for the whole day one. So spotting, loading, and just being a man on the platform. That's going to be really fun. Uh, hopefully, I won't have to catch a lot of weights because I know every lifter there is very, very high quality. So I know there won't be a lot of bar dumping at all. Yeah, and how's the training been? I remember last time we spoke, you told me you were dealing with some nagging injuries and all yeah, that. Has that changed yeah. now? Um, well, today I kind of sort of flared up an old injury, my AC mm -hmm. joint. I went, I think, just a bit of dumbbell incline presses, just went a bit too heavy with that. Had a bit of fun with a mate, you know, <laughs> when you get carried away with training a bit, but that's okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, still managed to pull back on a few exercises just to kind of keep that under the wraps for a bit, but it's, it's sort of sore right now. Um, that's the only main one. At the moment. Yeah. Well, just to fill you in on what we were talking about earlier, we were, me and Buck were discussing, uh, we talk, We were just talking about junk volume. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how it, I believe it's a new concept that's actually sort of just not been around for, it's not mm. been around for uh, very long. Yeah. Because back in the day, everyone was like, oh, you got to, the more hours you're spending in the gym, the better. Yep. yep. And now it's now becoming something that, yeah. you know, I feel like over time now, by eliminating jump volume, my workouts are better because I'm pushing a lot more intensively, but for a shorter period of time. And then we also saw, how does that relate to you in terms of a power lifter? Like, cause you've got to be very precise on each lift, you know? Yeah, exactly. So the whole thing is when you're peaking for a meet, right? You do not want to be holding a lot of volume on meet day because that's fatigue, right? So basically with how, let's say a powerlifting program works, it's like something called like wave block periodization where you start wave increasing intensities and dropping it and increase it even more and dropping it and kind of leveraging off the laws of supercompensation. Um, basically, when you're leading up to your comp, you want to slowly descend that volume, but increase the load because, that, because it's kind of like inversely related. You can't go high and hard with lots of sets and reps all the time and expect to lift heavy. So I think as we know, it's an inverse relationship. So on the day, you want to keep your volume low and your fatigue levels low. So you know that on the day you can give 100% maximum all kilos on the platform. Nice, nice. And do you have anything coming up at the moment? Um, my next comp is on the 26th of March, 2023. That's the USAPL drug tested um, Perth Power Series. So it's going to be the old pee in the cup. Yeah, yeah the um, random drug testing, pee in the cup. Uh, I think someone gets to watch you pee in the cup just to make sure that you're not cheating or anything like that. Yeah, <laughs> that. It's going to be fun. <laughs> the old fetish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so now I wanted to bring this up, guys, because, uh, you know, I didn't have any sort of questions. Mm -hmm. So, Super. Joe, before you yeah. start, since when was US USAPL coming to Australia? Um, I think that was into fruition for about four months already. Yeah, oh, so wow. it's been it's been in the works, maybe in like six months, but it's been very fast. I think USAPL has always wanted to expand. Yeah. And I think is their, this is their step at taking it international. 
So it's USAPL Australia, USAPL Korea. I think there's one England, Canada coming up. Sure. So it's kind of like the other federation against the IPF. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is this the first time it's ever been here in Perth? Yes. So the recent comp that happened uh, a few weeks ago, the USAPL Perth Power Series, um, that was the first one in Perth. Yeah. <laughs> okay, before I get on to the main question, I've got to uh, ask this quick, real quick, right? I just noticed that both of you shave your arms. I don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 man. No, no, I'm looking over here. You guys got not a single hair on your arms. No, what? no, I shave no. my legs, but yeah. not, my, not my arms. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just Asian, bro. I've got hairy legs, but just nothing in my arms. Really? Yeah. I thought you would yeah. be the shaving them as well. Don't you have to with the bar right and all? No, 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 mate. You could grease up the old shins and I'm straight. <laughs> ain't no pussy bro what the hell <laughs> come on man <laughs> okay now I wanted to bring this up because it's I've been dying to talk about this so the last three guests I was going to have on I was going to have one I was going to have a doctor on I was mm. going to have an author on and mm. I was going to have an anthropologist on because mm. one thing I've been dying to talk about lately is this fucking shit that's going around with Andrew Tate I love Andrew Tate I fucking love him <laughs> yeah like uh, for those of you who don't listen who don't know right now uh, if you've been living under a fucking rock Andrew Tate is this he's a world champion kickboxer who who's been he's he's like an entrepreneur he's a owner of casinos he started that webcam girl business and in his last i would say seven eight months he's just exploded to becoming probably the most like the most famous maybe not the most famous but the most oh, well known you know out there you know individual and then recently i think it was like two two weeks ago he got banned off everything his website got taken down and uh i've been dying to talk about what people think what you guys think about it especially what do you think do you think it was justified well to be completely honest i actually haven't been following anything andrew tate related like i only see occasional things pop up on my social media where it's like all these big controversies but I ha I've pretty much been living under a rock when it comes to Andrew Tate. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't actually know much about him. Yeah. Andrew Tate's my guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> might be a controversial opinion, but I do believe he holds some fact and truth in a few matters. I know that he's ruffled a lot of feathers with um, the whole female community and the Equal Rights Party. Um, yeah, he's said a lot of bad things. Oh, women are property. Um, that's a... Uh, that's a big one that's caused a lot of uh, rice among people. I do believe of how he kind of attacks um, the weak society that we kind of live in right now. Oh, I understand. Yeah. He kind of puts stuff in people's mouths and minds of what we were thinking, let's say, 10, 20 years ago. Um, because society has changed so much to become such a like an equal and quote-unquote woke uh, place right now, how everyone has to have you know, a certain filter to say things. Andrew Tate has no filter. No, no, yeah. no. So I think that's why he's being banned because society has nowadays, we have so much filters like the Twitter filter, Facebook, Instagram, people trying to fight Mark Zuckerberg because they're silencing, <laughs> <laughs> silencing uh, he's silencing their opinions on Instagram. So I think that's why it's because society is trying to put a filter on the truth. Yeah. yeah. Did Mark, didn't you get the Zuck hammer? Yeah. Well, it wasn't for any like, um, controversial, controversial reason. Like I was just going through sort of my um, <clears throat> followers and following sort of list and getting rid of all the bots. 
Oh, but then, yeah. as a result, like Instagram flagged me as a bot, and so I got I got banned. Um, and I tried to appeal it. I had to send in this bloody mugshot with like a piece of paper with my like, Instagram <laughs> yeah. handle, yeah. trying to get it back. But I never got a response, and so I had to start a new new Instagram. Mm. Mm. So it wasn't for the nudity. <laughs> I was gonna say, man, it's that Dorito shape, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that's the funny. That's the weird. That's the weirdest thing that's going on right now. Like, um, Instagram's like, oh yeah, you can't post nudity or whatever, but then you look at bodybuilders who are literally just wearing strings on stage <laughs> with mm. the bulge and all yeah. that and then no one's calling that shit out and all that yeah uh, i'd love to sit down and talk to someone who works on let's say the moderation team to see yeah. what kind of filter what kind of ai or like mm. whatever like what formula they're using to s- signal out yeah yeah well i would too i mean if but i don't think we have anything like that i mean how how many hours would you be working a day just going through everyone's freaking content just mm whenever or not it's acceptable and all that. You must have like an army room of those I mean, it's probably like the reason why I didn't get unbanned. It's just like, prob- no one probably got around to doing it because there's just so many things to look through. Mm. Like you can't look through all of them. Yeah. Well, then that goes to the idea, like how did they prioritize it? Like they must've been waiting or something on mm. uh, Andrew Tate and all that. They probably didn't even, uh, uh, was it investigated? They probably just got rid of him straight away and all that, you know? He was on there for quite a while. Yeah. I don't just think just the uproar of a lot of people were just trying to be, trying to apply pressure to say Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, all those guys in the high positions to do something. And I think it's a pretty good PR move as well. It kind of helps Facebook and Instagram um, hold more credibility that yes, we are for equal rights. Yes, we are for female rights. Mm-hmm. If we ban Andrew Tate, because a lot of people online on TikTok, the trend was like, oh yeah, um, F you, Andrew Tate, people yeah. making like reels about like destroying Andrew Tate and stuff. So I think that was getting out of hand a bit. That's yeah. why they, bl- they banned him. Yeah. Well, did you also notice as well that when he was off TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all that, he lost his website, Hustlers University as well. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. another thing. And then now all these other podcasts and all these other shows are like being able to say whatever the fuck they want about him and even slander him or for defamational reasons. And uh, the next thing what happened was, is, this is the interesting part, he went over to the app Rumble. Have mm. you heard of that? No. Uh, so it's like, an, it's like a YouTube slash podcast platform. So I can post like four minute videos of me, you know, riding around, training and all that. But I can also post... Vi- like video podcasts of me as well, like two hour formats. Mm. So it's like a halfway, it's like another YouTube slash podcast platform. Mm. When Andrew Tate went straight over to rumble, the stock went up like through the fucking roof. <laughs> like they got more downloads than TikTok, more downloads than Facebook, more downloads than Snapchat and oh, Instagram. And no one's talking about it. You're not seeing it in the media. And there's a, not of course, not correlation, doesn't mean causation, but there is a fucking correlation between him going on there. And yeah, Rumble's uh, stock prices. So I feel like also that's where we're also going as men um, in today's society. I feel like masculinity now has never been more discussed than ever. Mm. And I feel like now men have never looked to more role models now than ever. So when someone gets mad at following him, I was like, well, why do you think men follow him in the first place? That's the way we were going. Um, but yeah, it goes down to the idea of censorship, you know, 
I don't think it's great and all that. Anyway, moving on from there. Uh, so <clears throat> there's another thing I wanted to bring up as well. Uh, lately, I've been seeing this a lot as well because it's in regard to fitness and health as well. But you guys know Kenny Ko. I love Kenny Ko, <laughs> yeah. the OG man. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you know how he's going around. Are you natural, bro? Are you natural? Are you natural? That's what I wanted to talk about and all that. Like transparency <laughs> within the fitness industry. Mm. Uh, what's your take on it? Do you think it's important? I think it is important. Yeah. Um, don't lie. Don't lie and promote a fake or just like, don't, yeah, don't try and profit off of your, don't try and profit off of other people's, uh, what do you, how do you say it? Like <clears throat> they are believing something that is, you're promoting is attainable, but it's really unattainable and you're just, you know, taking their money kind of thing. Um, yeah, words aren't working right now, Johnny. Yeah, um, I, I see I see where Mark's coming from because as a kid, I was, yeah, man, I want to be like Carly Muscle. That dude's natty. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like this like t- teenager, my, me, just watching Carly Muscle's training videos, his uh, crazy prison prison style nutrition, which is like a whole Tupperware of like ramen, <laughs> tuna, <laughs> Mayonnaise, ketchup, tomato sauce, anything you can find, like a two two thousand calorie pre workout meal. I tried that and it was disgusting. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought Kylie Muscle was natty, dude. We were actually just talking about that earlier on about how how weird it is that in the industry you want to be promoting health, you want to be promoting mm. fitness, but fucking binge eating is exactly. now like the most trending thing. Like people exactly. like pay thousands. People make thousands of dollars just off like mukbangs. Like another good one I want to bring up was Nicardo Avocado. Oh, that guy. Oh, no. oh, Do you know how much money that guy makes? Like an insane amount. Like yeah. we're talking, he's a millionaire. He's a multi-millionaire. Oh, yeah. shit. Wow. I, I, if I thought that man is in crap, I don't know the exact figure, but whenever you go to his um, go to his Instagram, it's like pictures of him, like videos of him, like crying or <laughs> eating food. I was like, is he is he putting on an act or is he actually legit like that? You know. Yeah, but like going back to the Kenny KO thing, hey, like I think nowadays with fitness influencers, um, the whole kind of feeling is uh, they're promoting transparency mm-hmm. and a lot of the following uh, appreciates transparency. And I think transparency brings education. Mm. So I think nowadays the platform is so large now, I think it's time to share correct information and not be misinformed versus previous years when the fitness industry was starting to boom. Um, athletes had to make money by making more supplement sales using this discount code, that discount mm. code. I think nowadays it's changing. So everyone wants to be informed now. Mm. Yeah. I just, I think you're right about not lying. I'm still waiting on that day. But there are some, but I feel like the more you hold on to it, the worse and worse it gets. Now the argument is, um, in terms of transparency, they say, oh, they're being open about it. They're educating people. But then if I flip that, I'm like, well, they're still role models. So what they're doing themselves, you know, okay, isn't 100% healthy. However, they're pr- trying to promote it. They feel like they're trying to promote it. And because they feel like, oh, the physique is either way not naturally attained, kids are going to feel like, oh, I have to do this now in order to get there. Like, do you ever see like the rise of Psalm Goblins and all that sort of stuff? Like, this mm. is popularized right now. Like, mm. where are we going with this? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think. Um yeah, man, fuck the asylums, confidence, man. Um, have you ever known anyone who's taken those? Uh, I think we have. We all know someone that's taken them before. 
Yeah, he's not here right now. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, yeah, no, like other than, yeah, I don't know anyone that's taken Psalms, I guess. Yeah, I know, I've known a few guys yeah. took it. I'll tell a story. Back when I was in the uh, stripping days and all that, there was a guy who I knew that took Psalms. He did put on a bit of muscle, but he literally just like, his level was... Producing, producing all oh. these enzymes, all that was all bloated and oh, stuff. And he's disgusting. When I saw him, he just right, it looked like he had a bubble gut and all that. Well, that's the thing with like the research chemicals. It's like the, the it's still a lot of point where there's just like not enough research and literature on them to be used in the same manner as like gear, for example. Like gear has decades of research behind it where we have enough information where we can make semi-informed decisions when taking it. But with Psalms, it's such a new thing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Mm. Now, uh, anyway, the other thing I wanted to bring up as well was, uh, what was I going to say? There was this one question that I actually got asked uh, later on down the line. But uh, what do you feel like is going to be the most detrimental thing to the fitness industry in the future that's not media light related? That's a big one I'm going to ask. Yeah. Because I feel like how much are we driven by media these days in the fitness industry? Mm. So not media related? Anything non-media related, yeah. I think it's the education and the barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. Because nowadays, um, nothing against all those guys that say, for example, I saw a few people graduate from fit college. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be that's like a, a pump, an endless pump. More graduates, more graduates. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering, what is the education like? what kind of, let's say, regulations are there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe the fitness industry should be regulated. Mm -hmm. um, let's say, for example, uh, you need a bachelor of you know, exercise science yeah. to actually get a job um, and progress versus just um, paying a few couple hundred dollars and signing up to a certificate three and four and jumping straight from the classroom into a job straight away where you have little to no experience. Mm -hmm. So I think it, education. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Since we're on the topic of that education, yeah. right? I'll tell you this. So I had one guy whose name he works for PT. He's, sorry, he runs PT Mechanics, mm. Adam. He was telling me the reason why the, the PT uh, in, sorry, the PT industry itself and the industry itself is such, such a uncharted waters is because he says like this, I mean, he goes, what's your education? I was like, oh, well, I went to UWA and okay, okay, how long did it take for you to get your degree? And I was like, three years, okay. Do you know how long it takes to become a plumber? I was like, I would say three years. How long does it take to become a lawyer? I would say seven years. And it's like, okay, well, do you know how long it takes to become a PT? And I was like, I don't know, six six months? He goes, six weeks mm. <laughs> can take up to six weeks can take up to some people less because what these places are providing, like Fit College, I don't want to bag them out specifically, but these places will allow them to get that certification. They're a business at the end of the day and they care more about mm. making the money rather than yeah. the educational side of things. Mm. So where, 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 it, and also, did you know that the average time as a PT now has gone down dramatically? Back in the day, um, it used to be, uh, that if you make it past the first six months, you're cool. But now in this day and age, because of COVID, it's three months. Mm, if you make it past sure. the first three months, you're good in, in your, you can be in it for a while. 
And the other reason, which I've also spoken about this a lot, is the whole concept of online training. Yeah. <laughs> mm. You mentioned this. I mentioned yeah. this because it gets me riled up so much. <laughs> so I waited at least two years before I even had the idea of doing an online client because that's what I thought you were supposed to do. <laughs> but nowadays I keep seeing all these people who have no qualifications whatsoever they actually go straight to online. I'm like, hold on a second. That's a privilege, not a right in my books. Mm. Yeah, you got to spend some time in the trenches, one on one, like learning how to interact and actually deal with clients, and yeah. then moving that platform to an online sort of base. Yeah, but it's so easy, like as you said, to just skip that and go online. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of these people, obviously, they get clients through their Instagram, how like all these shirtless pictures, looking shredded, that kind of thing. Just because you look the part doesn't mean you know how to get there. It might just be you got lucky with the genetic lottery. You're on you're on gear. You're taking psalms, that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, you don't really know the information or the education. Yeah. Plus, it's like the other problem is the people who. Again, it goes back to the idea of being a business, but the people there are places that you go to where you they coach you on how to go completely online. It's like a course on its own. And you hire them like you would hire a PT and they're like a ridiculous amount of money, like 4K, 5K, all that. And of course they are. <laughs> so they'll find anyone. They'll find a guy who's only been coaching for two months. They'll get him on board or they'll find someone who just looks good and they're, hey, have you ever think about online coaching? Because it's a business opportunity on its own <laughs> and all that. So yeah, have you ever been approached by something like that? Yeah, it's like, oh, how to 10X your income, how to um, four, <laughs> yeah. four times your clients. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how to how to make sure your clients don't don't leave yeah it's all the time i think it's a very lucrative lucrative business because of the lifestyle mm-hmm. uh, everyone thinks they can just hop on a computer be naked jerk off and program at the same time you know <laughs> what i mean yeah it's very fancy but people don't understand that it requires no experience right and no. anyone can do it so therefore it's not really unique so I think the unique thing is learning on the field first and applying those values and principles and transferring them online. Yeah, so I'm with you, Joe. But the thing nowadays, anyone can pay a bit of money to download something, let's say, for example, True Coach, um, pay for licensing of 50 clients or so. What is True Coach? It's a training app. Okay. So you can be a coach and you can uh, have, I don't know, let's say, for example, 50 clients. Okay. 100 clients, 150 clients, and you can coach them through that through that mode. So through online training, give them the program, weekly feedback, reviews, all that, et cetera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's, a, that's a tool that trainers just use in period. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I coach through True Coach. Okay. I'm um, through Richie's gym and I also receive coaching through True Coach as well. Now when you, at, oh really? Yeah. So when you actually sign up for that thing, do you have to prove at all that you're qualified or can you just No, sign? no. You can do one right now, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, that, that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. It's a money thing. Yeah. That's where this software devs, they love it. They just create popping up software and um, people, let's say, are fresh out of college, uh, want to be a PT, want to have an online platform, just download that, pay a subscription, get some clients and that's it. That's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah. And also it adds value to people's services as well. So if you're, let's say you're, you're an online PT that uh, PTs through Google Sheets and WhatsApp, for example, mm-hmm. versus someone who has an app, you have the right to charge more because you're paying for a su- subscription service already. Correct. Yeah. I do use an app. I use Trainerize yeah. myself. Mm. and But then that's to justify my cost. I say, mm. look, you when you work with me, you know, you're not pay- I always tell people you're not paying for the one hour, sort of the 50 minutes to see me. You're paying for everything yeah. you know so it's the chicken and all that and then again it just comes down to 
the last thing, like transparency. Mm, mm. The last thing I always tell people, it's okay to tell people you don't know. Uh, should people, people should understand that. Like, um, uh, when I'm inside my scope, I can tell people this a lot. I do not know everything, mm, a, a whole lot about nutrition. I read about it, learn about it. I have no qualification. Even though I know more information now than I knew back then, I still don't like the idea of like giving away meal plans. And it's actually illegal to do that as We're well. We're not allowed to. Yeah, yeah. not allowed yeah. to. And that's, the main, and that's the main thing. That's the problem I have it as well. So when you sign up to these like online coaching, how did, you know, get online clients and they say, oh yeah, just download this app and just give them meal plans each week. I'm like, fuck, hold on a second. Do you know how dangerous that is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very. But turns out it's not illegal in America. No shit. Yeah. Okay. Let's move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's go, boys. <laughs> anyway, guys. Um. Fuck. I'm sorry. Um. That's that's um. That we're coming to an end of that because I'm sorry. That's that's almost the end of the hour we have in here. Um. But Johnny, uh, I know it was a drive for you, man. But yeah, man, thank you very right. much for coming down. I'm here for you, bro. Yeah. And Mark, very kick. Thank you very much, man, for joining and holding on. Um. Cow, if you're listening to this, uh. I'm almost to 150 episodes. I am now five away. When I hit 150, it's going to be a Saturday session. 100%, episode. two hours. Still it. Yeah, and burgers fun. afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah. And that'll be a great way to celebrate. So, um, well, that, well, the place I want to go to is that place you went to like two days ago. Like Com- Compton's? Yeah. But they don't open on Saturdays, man. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, fuck it. Like, yeah, yeah, since yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. nutrition as well, but that <laughs> fucking thing. That's a big one. That, that was far out. It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful yeah. there. And get the podcast to get sponsored by Compton Burgers, you know? Hey. Every yeah, guest yeah. <laughs> every guest afterwards just goes there. Now, anyway, guys, um, just give yourselves a quick shout out so if the audience can find you and all that before we finish this. Mark? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mark Y Warriner. Just training log, shirtless pictures, half naked, semi naked, that kind of thing if you're into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Putting up some serious RDLs lately too. Oh, dude, that wrecked me yesterday. Mm. That fucked me up so hard. But yeah, Mark Y Warriner on Instagram. Yeah, if you want to watch Mark get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, so my name's Johnny. You can follow me on Instagram at Johnny underscore Ruchis. So Johnny underscore R-U-C-C-I-S underscore Jim. All right, guys. Thank you very much for joining the Lost Set Podcast. And that is game.